Okay, so we are talking about church growth. This is for the recording, of course. So the vision of church growth is shared so that those who read it may run with it. Okay, the vision for church growth was never meant for the pastor alone. These are things you should write down. The vision for church growth was never meant for the pastor alone. When only the pastor has a passion for church growth, church growth strategies can be frustrating. When it is only the pastor with the vision for church growth, when it's only the pastor who has a passion to see church grow, church growth strategies become frustrating. It is where now when the pastor is communicating why the church should grow, why the church should move forward, everyone else will begin to feel as though the pastor wants to have the church grow, maybe to compete with his other pastor friends, or he wants to have the church grow to satisfy a particular motive that he has in his heart. But when in actual sense, the reason why you feel he, he feels like that is because you have not caught the vision for church growth. Says go and call all of them in the byways, in the streets, so that the king's house may be full. It is not God's desire to be where two or more are gathered. When we are starting, we use that to encourage you. Where two or more are gathered is the quorum for a meeting to commence. It is not the standard. So for those of you who go into all these strategic meetings, there's what they refer to as a quorum. So they say, if three or four people come in this particular meeting, the meeting can start, irregardless of who has come or not. So the quorum is not the standard. The manager would be happy if everyone else came. But because the quorum has been met, we can start the meeting. Praise the name of the Lord. Gone are the days where we are, you know, we, we should move past that point. If the church is not, you know, in a good shape that Sunday, let's not encourage ourselves. So we need to go and work hard. So it's not about the number. It is about the numbers. <laughs> yeah, you know, because sometimes as pastors, you know, it's not about the numbers. Forget who is not here. Let's remember them. Leave the 99 and go for the one. You know, God can do mighty works with two. I said, yes, if he can do mighty works with two, what will he do with a thousand? Hmm? If one can bring transformation, how much more if we have thousands? So you ought to catch the vision for church growth. Because when only the pastor has it, every church growth strategy will become frustrating. Praise the name of the Lord. When only the pastor is doing ministry, the church can never grow. This is a common uh, statement here. I think I've said it many times. When only the pastor is doing ministry, church can't grow. There is a certain time 
a certain place when the pastor can't disciple everyone. There is a certain time when the pastor can't visit everyone. Just even the way you are, it's difficult to reach out to all of you. So, as we pursue church growth, there is need for each and every person to arise and be effective within the local church. That is why you should, you should never be comfortable just being a member. Always seek to find what you can do in the local church. Praise the name of the Lord. So, church growth becomes easy when it's a corporate task of the church. Church growth becomes easy when it's a corporate task of the church. It should be a corporate task. Within the week, by Thursday, you should be all over sending messages. You have even made it the pastor's job to remind you. That if you don't come and you ask, why didn't you? I say, Pastor, you didn't remind me. I was supposed to remind you that you're supposed to be in church. Surely, do you need a reminder? But at the birthday party, you are the one calling. <laughs> Weddings, you are the one calling. Where is my card? <laughs> So church growth becomes easy when it's a corporate task of the church. It has to be a corporate task of the church. It must be a corporate task of the church. It should bear within all of us. That is why I hardly accept excuses. Even when the king, in, in, in the story, we read that even when the king had this, you know, royal party, this big thing that he was hosting and he sent out people, people gave excuses. One of them said, I'm going to check out a piece of land that I bought. <coughs> Who checks out land in the night that you bought? <laughs> excuses. So it must be a corporate task. It must burn within you. The pastor should never feel like he's pursuing this task alone. It should be something that is burning. Have you noticed that even the level of faith in the atmosphere goes up when there's a crowd? Eh? Because the sight of crowds excites faith. Amen. Amen. So, I'm going to give you some strategies to divine church growth. I'm going to give you strategies to divine church growth. And by the grace of God, I would probably try and minister in impartation on every one of them. And after I've talked, you should go and start doing these things. Yes, Pastor. Okay? Divine strategies for church growth. These must be applied. Number one, prayer. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Prayer. Divine strategies for church growth. Matthew chapter number 16, verse 18. Another common portion of scripture here at KCC. Okay. Says, uh, maybe let's start from... Um, 
verse 15. No, 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 13. Okay, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? 14, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. 15, but what do you, what do you say? He asked, who do you say that I am? Uh, eight, eight, 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail. It shows you that the gates of hell will want to have a part in keeping church in its infancy. So, but it says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail. But then he goes on to give them what you do. What to do, he says, I have given you authority. For me to be given expression, to put a stop to the gates of Hades, you have to pray that whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in the heavens. So, prayer is a divine strategy to church growth. It is very important to understand that church growth is spiritual warfare. Church growth is spiritual warfare. Church growth can never happen until there is a foundation of prayer. It is spiritual warfare. You can do any other thing. You, you'll be okay until you add prayer to see church grow. There must be some level of spiritual warfare and fervency in prayer. Many people go into, you know, um, many people go into this whole idea, you start ministry, you start doing ministry, and, and you think it's giving people cupcakes, it's giving people scones and biscuits and having bribes. No. Church growth is spiritual warfare. You want to see church grow? There must be some level of spiritual warfare. You have to have that awareness. I read a story of a man in Nigeria who was pastoring a church. And for 20 years, there were 50. Do you know, even for Zambian standard, that's bad. In Nigeria, if your church is 500 and you're listening to a man talk about church growth, you say, you know, we, we just started and we were small, we were just about 500. So to, to, to be 20, 20, for, I mean, to be 20 for about 20 years, about 50 for about 20 years, that is not the standard. No, 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 no. It's not the standard. Me, I got bored. In the first month, I got bored. 
I said, this is not the standard. In the first month, I was encouraging myself. After I said, no, this, this is not the standard. It's not, it's not, it's not. Even where we are, this is not the standard. There must be some level of war that goes out. Every evangelism strategy is rendered useless when there is no foundation of prayer and fasting set. Every evangelism strategy will be rendered useless. You will go and do everything you want to do. You will give out flyers. You will go uh, to a photo studio. You put out your banner. No one will come. People don't just come because you look nice. The Bible in Corinthians is talking about how the God of this age has blinded people. So you may be looking nice, but nothing is happening. We will do every manner of evangelism. The enemy will render it useless if there is no foundation of prayer and fasting set. Kingdom come church, as we are talking about church growth, understand that church growth is warfare. Go with the warfare perspective. You are not going to a party. You are not starting an organization or an NGO. You are starting a church. So even as God has given us this divine mandate, understand that church growth is warfare. Or else all evangelistic strategies will be zero. You will have money, but nothing is working. You pumping money, pumping money, nothing. Because church growth is warfare. Praise the name of the Lord. The early church grew because there was a high investment in prayer and not technology. Am I saying technology is bad? No, we have to use it. But that is what comes after we have prayed and fasted. You will be on Zoom the whole night, one view. <laughs> because church growth is warfare. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Not technology. Have you ever asked yourself, how is it that the early church would gather in their thousands, they had no Facebook. The early church would gather in their thousands, they had no Zoom, they had no WhatsApp group. To post and say, Judas, are you coming today? No, no WhatsApp group. Yet the church grew. Why? They set a foundation, a heavy foundation of prayer and fasting. We will give ourselves continually to the ministry of the word of God and prayer. That they had to hire seven men who are full of the spirit to start handling the issue of saving tables so that them, they can commit themselves fully to the ministry of the word of God and prayer. They knew what it took to have churches grow. Prayer. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So church growth 
will happen because there's a high investment in prayer to shake the gates of the enemy. To shake the gates of the enemy. Church growth doesn't respond to good grammar or good homiletics. It responds to fervent prayer and warfare. It doesn't respond to good grammar, good homiletics. You know, I did homiletics. I mean, my Bible school lecturer in my first year was telling me, you see, uh, this is how you arrange a sermon, okay? How, this is how you start your sermon. You do a recap so that you can get the congregation into a place where you develop a rapport. So you crack a joke at the beginning. After you've cracked a joke, you give your theme scripture. After you've given your theme scripture, you lay out your introduction. After you've laid out your introduction, you give the main points of the sermon. Then after you're done, with the main points of the sermon, you move into your conclusion. Before everyone sleeps at the peak of your conclusion, you conclude your sermon. Good homiletics. After he told me that, he said, but sir, after, before, when you have prepared your sermon, invest in prayer because good homiletics will be rendered useless. Good grammar will be rendered useless where there is no prayer. You will come and say, you know, it was said in the Greek, it was said in Hebrew, you know, the, the, the prophetic word for Shan is away, and Shan, 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 Shan. No one will come. You know, because the pragmatic structure of, of the, the. You will say all that, nothing will happen. Because the gates of hell don't respond to good grammar, but fervent prayer and warfare. That is why you can't cancel demons. I said, you know, just, just, you know, just walk out. Let this girl. No, there must be. Come out! <laughs> you are getting what I'm saying? It takes fervent prayer and warfare. Are, have you ever seen? Sometimes you go and you find there's a guy. He has a big church there. I want to admire what a gathering of Pugnabes and Abafana, but my business, he was out there, but Nabes, a Sunday night, Diva. They don't have a proper structure like this one, could not my aircon. But if you're bouncing, you're full of you looking about my umbrella, but you have gathered in their thousands. The guy can't even speak proper English. Glory, Lelo, is that anointing, Lelo, is that Lelo, is that But people are coming. Why? Because the gates of hell respond to fervent prayer. We're a church of Mapeltelo. The kingdom of darkness will only respond to fervent prayer. Give me the people. There must be fervent prayer that arises. You with your good English, with your Bible school, with your degree. There is no result that is coming. You have to think about it. What is it that is hindering church growth? There must be something in you that says, this is not the standard. We were six in January and we are 20 by December. No, no, no. This is not the standard, Kingdom Come Church. It is not the standard. I say no, this is not the standard. There are forces of darkness assigned by the enemy to misinterpret what the church is doing. You, you must wake up every Sunday morning and say, this will be the best Sunday. The church will grow. Many people will come who have no seats to have. Everyone come to church. There must be something 
arises because church growth is spiritual warfare. Oh boy, I was praying. My God. I was praying some about two weeks ago and I, as I was praying and we were hungry in the prayer room and we were just going after God, going after God. It was a five-hour prayer set and by the time we got to the fourth hour, the Lord opens my eyes and he shows me this vision and I, I'm taken to this place where I see the church, not the structure, but I literally see the physical state, I mean the spiritual state of the church in the spirit. And when I got there, I saw this demon and it was just like hugging the church like that. It was just like hugging the church. Now, the, it was a very big demon in relation to me, but in relation to the other demons, it was like a baby demon. It's like, you know, that Shrek type of thing when it's like a child. He's like a very big guy still, but in relation to like the parents and everyone else, uh, he's like it's very small. Does that picture make sense? Yes. So, and when I got there, the Lord told me, that's the demon that has been assigned to the church to keep it in its infancy. And when I saw it, I said, in the name of Jesus, leave this church. And it started to go like a baby and was just like crying, it was crying like a baby. And the Lord told me, fervent prayer must be maintained. Fervent prayer must be maintained. Fervent prayer must be maintained within the church. We ought to be a church that is praying fervently. People should arise and be people that are praying, people that are going after God, interceding and calling on to God. God, we are not okay with where we are. We are thankful for what you have done. But this is not the right. This must be the workings of the enemy. There is no way that from January up until December we only grew by two. No. And the two are not even committed. So no, this is not the standard. This is not the standard. Someone must arise and say, I judge every power of the enemy. I come against the gates of the enemy. And I say the church will grow. The church will move into the place that you have called it to move into. I pray in the name of Jesus that supernatural church growth is the order of the day in Kingdom Come Church. That many are they that will be added unto the church daily in the name of Jesus. Father, I release warring angels to war against the workings of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Father, it says in 2 Kings chapter number 19 that there was an angel that was dispatched and slaughtered 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. Dispatch such angels to destroy demonic altars that have been raised against the church. Karabaloko shemendelebo korabalekaya. 
Our ignorance of the war we are in will make us lack growth, will make us tie uh, lack of growth to natural circumstances. You will say people are not coming because of the weather. People are not coming because we are in a COVID season. But yet, you will find that at parties it's packed. In clubs it's packed. Refuse to accept that that's the standard. I have refused to accept circumstances to determine what the church will be like. That's resistances from the pits of hell. There are times you give an excuse. No, the, the reason why we're not growing is just because we are, we are in our inception. We are in our inception. The church is in its inception. Then I realized we were almost standing ahead and I kept on saying we were in our inception. What did the enemy do? He made me tie the lack of growth to natural circumstances. But it was the resistances of the enemy. So I said, no, 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 no. This is not the standard. And that is why there must be a high investment in prayer and fasting. Kingdom come church. If we keep talking about we are a mega church, we are a mega church, we are forging ahead, we are a mega church, but we don't couple that with prayer and fasting. Forget church growth. Forget it. It is for those that are willing to go that extra mile. The church needs to enforce warfare, prayer and declaration to see results. Like I said, I'll minister an impartation on every point. If you can close your eyes before I move to point number two. Hariando Shalamandea Kelimarudo Skinaya Ilemando Kosha. Njavo and your team, please. I, I, I don't want. Halimarolo Sianama Karalendea Harulo Selemandaya. The Lord is raising men and women of prayer. People who will arise to judge the systems of the day, to declare warfare on the gates of the enemy. I see a sword being released. Maroko Shandea Kole Mendulia. And those that are carrying it are carrying such warfare that the Lord would start to call you up on Saturday night to begin to intercede and judge the works of the enemy. The Lord equip your tongue with authority to declare, to declare the works of the Lord, to commit to release judgment. Saturday for you will be a time of warfare. Saturday to you will be a time of warfare, a time of war, a time to wage war against the forces of darkness. You will declare that the church will be packed. This will be the highest attended church service. You will declare every Saturday night. 
I call for the burden carriers. I call for the warriors in the name of Jesus. I call for the custodians. I call for in the name of Jesus. The watchers. I call for the gatekeepers. You are summoned to a higher place in intercession. A higher place in intercession. You are summoned. You are summoned to come up. To come up. To come up. Rohotele Marubash. I call you forth. I summon you to the realm of intercessors. I summon you to the realm of intercessors. Sharele are are are. Kanamarude shanama salabagabashi. Hele marosha. Some of you are just visiting here, but the Lord will make you an intercessor to your church. Yeah, yeah, that is it. Korabala, but that is it. That is it. Yele maroko shalababosha. There's acceleration, acceleration. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Be the movement that you are leading. God is calling you to be an intercessor. To be an intercessor. Hallelujah. And the power of God will continue flowing. Maruka Shatai, as I'm explaining the, the points to come. The Lord is telling me there's someone that your eyes will be open. The Lord is calling you as a watcher. As a watcher, your eyes will be open. And the Lord will be showing you certain things, attacks that the enemy is plotting. It may not even be for you to tell the pastor, but for you, your intercession, your intercession will bring change. Your intercession will bring change. I call you forth to a high place in the visionary realm. A high place in the visionary realm. So after the platform of prayer and fasting has destroyed the gates of hell, the next thing that we ought to do is evangelize. Because now the platform has been set. This is where now technology starts to come in. This is where now we start to go to photo studios and do amazing photos. We start to post and we start to go out. We start to put out flyers. Now those things can produce results because the gates of the enemy that resist those things from being effective have been dealt with. The believer should be an evangelizing believer. The reason why God
God has given us this power. The reason why God has entrusted us with this authority is so that we can reach out and evangelize. Acts chapter number 1 verses number 8 it says, And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. The reason why the Holy Spirit's power was released is so that we can go out and witness. It's called supernatural evangelism. Rababoshi. I impart the gifts of words of knowledge that when you go out in evangelism, God will begin to speak to you about the person you are reaching out to. You will know the very thing that troubles them. You will know the very thing that burdens them. You will know it. You will know it. Supernatural evangelism. Supernatural. That after you talk about the power of Jesus, after you talk about the glorious power of Jesus that is in salvation, you will then Minister in miracle signs and wonders. Karabade Sharabarabash. Supernatural evangelism must be enforced because one miracle can evangelize more than 100 flyers, than 1,000 flyers. Notice every time Jesus has got so much traffic coming his way, he works a miracle. And news spreads out concerning him. News spreads out concerning him. Supernatural evangelism. The Holy Spirit in evangelism will give you boldness to proclaim the word. It's in Acts chapter number 4 and verses number 8. Then Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, once he starts to speak, a lot of people begin to come to the Lord. Acts chapter number 4, verses number 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. No more timidness. No more timidness. There's, there's no way you can be going home so burdened that you've encountered so many souls. You always feel, feel like talking to them. You always feel like talking to your auntie. You always feel like talking to your relatives. But you have no boldness. May you be filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. If you are desiring to speak in tongues, may you be filled. May you be filled with the Spirit. Rabakosha, because that will give you boldness. Rabaleba Rababosha. If you allow him, be filled. Be filled. Ribabosh. Kalamarodesh. The Holy Spirit gives divine strategy to evangelize and reach out. Acts chapter number 8. The Holy Spirit gives divine strategy to evangelize and reach out. Acts chapter number 8 and verses number 28. He will tell you where to go. He will tell you who needs ministration. Divine strategy. Acts chapter number 8 and verses number 28. It says, and on his way home, he was sitting on, uh, on, on his way home, was sitting on his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord taught Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. 
How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This must be the eunuch, I believe, the Ethiopian eunuch. The Holy Spirit gave Philip insight. Say, go up and meet the Ethiopian eunuch. Because he needs it. I like that. Because he needs it. There are many people God will start to speak to you about. And when you get there, you find them reading their Bibles and they'll say, I, I honestly don't understand this portion. I honestly don't understand this. I honestly don't know. Can you explain this to me? The Holy Spirit will give you divine strategy. It is not enough to just do everything everyone else is doing. In supernatural evangelism, you have to understand that the Lord has to give divine strategy. In one of the books I have written, which I have not yet released, called Numbers, one of the things I talk about is supernatural evangelism, and I talk about signs and wonders that God would release in moves of God to advertise. He's in the business of advertising, only he uses supernatural means. In the Brownsville revival, it was people laughing under the power. People would just come to the meeting and begin to laugh under the power of God. The news went out that there's this church, when you go in there, you just laugh under the power of God. And media teams came to, to, to capture this thing that was happening. As they were coming, they were being won to the Lord. As they were coming, they were receiving the word. May God release such a supernatural manifestation over the church that people will begin to inquire, what is this new thing? What is this new manifestation that is happening at Kingdom Come Church? In the Quakers and Shakers movement, their manifestation was just quaking and shaking. They would just jerk under the power of God. They would jerk under the power of God that one reporter came and he, was, he came to report the move of God. And when the Holy Spirit started to draw him and call him up to that place where he felt like shaking, he resisted it so much until he broke his neck. That is how powerful the atmosphere was for the quaking and the shaking. Was God doing the quaking and the shaking as the gospel? No, he was using that as an evangelistic tool. Some of you need to pray in your ministries, if you're ministering somewhere, if you are an intercessor in the church as you're praying, Lord, release such an evangelistic tool in the supernatural. Release a manifestation that will make people start to ask. As a pastor, I need to also start to pray. You need to start to pray for your pastor. Lord, anoint the pastor in such a mighty way. That people begin to ask, there is a man. There is a man. I heard there is a man that God is using. There is a man that God is using. There are people within Kingdom Come Church. See, miracles are not a big thing in Kingdom Come Church. They don't have to wait for the pastor. Sometimes the pastor comes in and he finds that there's a miracle service. That's just how it is. It's that spontaneous. There's just such a grace at Kingdom Come Church. That you never know what will happen. The sermon may start and move into another dimension, then go back to the sermon. And people want to come and see that, but as they are seeing that, they find Jesus. So the Holy Spirit will give you boldness. 
after we have prayed, we have set the platform with prayer and fasting, fervent prayer and fasting. That is why as we begin on the 2nd of January to do the 50-day fast, make it personal. Make it personal. So no, I want to eat. We've been eating. How has it helped us? We have to make it personal. So eat all you can between now and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. <laughs> Second, we start. Lamarodesha, Ibalabarabisha, Kele Malija, Ila Bakajete, Izana Makadea, Balabalakadea, Kimana Makanea Neyana Nenaya, Kiladia, Poroko Sedea, Kunamanana, we put a stop to the workings of the enemy. Vida, are you getting me? Look pretty when you go out. Njava, are you getting me? Slay when you go out, if you like, if that's a word for you. Do whatever you want to do, but in the secret place. Shodododo. Itabada. Elechinzo chafukunkana. Chava kwa chilemunika watika. Tunga chitumbuanga But you are praying. Because after that, you'll be looking all nice, but the results can show. So after we have set that platform, then now evangelistic strategies will start to work. You think people will come to church just because we said, come to church with me. Come to church with me. Come to church with me. Principalities are laughing. <laughs> Look at this one. Kalamaro Sharamande Alama Remaraliara Sanaya. So we will start to invest in prayer. And as we invest in prayer, the next thing that will follow is evangelistic strategies. We will start to print out a, a lot more flyers. We will start to flood Jesmondine, Chadley. Everywhere we can flood. And you will see how that you will be having people come to church and you are wondering, I should you. I woke up in the morning say I was praying and praying and praying Lord don't think you just came because you came there was someone that was summoning you calling you forth releasing the Macedonian call like Paul received the Macedonian come to Macedonia and preach the word of God to us also you, you are receiving the kingdom come church call halamaro <laughs> shalamaya then evangelism will work. We send you to Evelyn Hall. You start to say, no, there's a bus that comes every Sunday. The gates of hell have been dealt with. The Bible speaks prophetically in the Old Testament of how that Jesus is the desire of the nations. Speaking prophetically of Jesus. Now, when we present the desire of the nations to the world and people do not want to come to the one who is the desire of the nations, there is a problem. Why don't, want, why don't people want to respond and come to the one who is the desire of the nations? It's because the enemy has blinded them. As Corinthians says, the God of this age has blinded them. But when that veil has been lifted off and they see Jesus in his beauty, they see that he is the desire of the nations. It is before that sight that even the hardest of hearts would melt that you tell them Jesus loves you and they start to weep. It is before the sight of the beautiful one, the holy one, 
that the person you have been calling the prostitute of your school receives the gospel and starts to weep and says, what shall I do to get saved? But first you have to deal with that foundation. Then we go out full-fledged. That is why when we start to call for prayer meetings, come. When we start to call for evangelism, come. Not dream up. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, then the last one is love. As a church growth strategy. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. Chapter number 13. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. If I speak in the tongues of men, all of angels, but I do not have love, I am only but a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have faith and I can move mountains, but I do not have love, I have nothing. If, all, if, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I, to hardship that I may boast, but do not love, I gain nothing. It's talking about how that once we have done all this, I could have gone into other divine strategies like the word of God, how the word of God, you know, all these things will bring the people in, you know, prayer and evangelism will bring the people in, but the word of God will have them stay. That is something we can cover later as we continue with church growth if the Lord allows us to make this a series or so. But now if we can do all these things, get the people in, and for us it just seems getting the people in is just to satisfy a numeric value in our books to say you know kingdom come church we have a thousand people kingdom come church we have 500 people we have 600 people but yet we don't love the people that God is giving to us it is a waste because our nets would not have been strengthened and we will lose out on some of the fish that has been given because love strengthens the net of the church so there's this net that we are throwing into the water but because we do not love we've taught a sermon called strengthening the nets of the church if we do not have love we have not strengthened the nets of the church how many times do people say well i was part of that church but i left it because i just didn't feel cared for but what you have to understand that that's not a responsibility of the pastor alone how can the pastor visit every member how can the pastor check on every member it's practically impossible so what does that have to do then it means taking a personal responsibility you see someone has been visiting us for some time try and talk to them when the service is done you would talk to Tavo because Tavo is your friend try and find someone you've been seeing come talk to them hi how are you what's your name can I get your number Someone is added to the church group. This is a new member. Say hi. How are you? You're welcome to the family. My name is Natasha. I love Hungry Lion in case you're free. <laughs> we can meet one day. The culture of family should not be restricted to a program. So if the culture of family is just restricted to the fact that we have a cell group, we have a smaller group structure. Yes, those things are good and we are for them. But in a case where a cell group is not there or a smaller group structure is not there, are you telling me you will not exercise the culture of family? No. No. 
No. Some of you just need to call someone up and say, hey, can, can, can you come over? Can we just have a cup of coffee and chat over music, talk over this, talk over that? It should be a personal responsibility. It shouldn't be something the pastor is constantly pushing you to do. Personal responsibility. The kingdom that we've been introduced to. Yes, at salvation, it was just you and Jesus. But after salvation, it's not just you and Jesus. There's an entire family that Jesus introduces you to. These days, we've got a lot of believers who pride in being reclusive, who find pride in being introverted. I'm just an introvert. No, I don't love talking to people. I'm it is not kingdom-like. It is okay to want your safe space. But to pride in the fact that you are introverted, you are reclusive. No, it's not kingdom-like. It's not kingdom-like. It's not kingdom-like. Praise the name of the Lord. I want us to go out there. Have a high degree and investment in prayer. And after we have prayed, I want us to invite as many people, evangelize to the lost, reach out to the lost. Call them forth. Say, the Lord wants to receive you. The Lord wants you come to church and then love them. It should excite us. It should excite us. You should be excited. Say, Pastor, can you imagine four of my friends said they are coming to church with me? It should be so strategic. So strategic that it excites you. You literally put them in your prayer manual. Say, by the end of this year or by the end of this month, this one should be planted in a local church. It may be in the church where you come from or it may be here when you, when, if you're a member of Kingdom Come Church. By, by, this, by the end of this month, this friend of mine, I have put them as a prayer goal. I'll be praying for them, inviting them. Praying for them, reaching out to them. That's the news you should give me. We should not be behaving like babies. For Paul says, aren't, aren't we still behaving like babies? There's jealousy, there's envy, there's strife, there's etc., etc. among us. When we ought to be teachers of the word of God by now. So you, you are here, you've heard. I shouldn't be receiving things like, Pastor, I don't think... Uh, I should be receiving news like, Pastor, Okay, a challenging point if you go there is I have 10 people. Ten. Those are good problems. They are problems that are nice. You call me a mom, Pastor, if Punakwat Kuno, Fiala Che, Panatinaisa, and a city of Kunganda, and they later. Those are good problems. Those we can even go the extra mile. Amen. I want everyone to close your uh, to close their eyes and I'm gonna make an altar call if in our midst 